0: Let's see what the stew has for us today.
1: Welcome to the Gnomecast and Gnome Stew's Tabletop Gaming Advice Podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers, like the genius Jen Pixelscapes Gagney, the wonderful Wesley Botham, and the bountiful Benjamin D. Horning. Today we have myself, Ange, along with Bob, JT, and John. Before we dive into our main topic, though, let's ask our get-to-know-a-gnome question. Bob, I'm going to start with you. What was your first time getting invited to a game? It's kind of like your origin story, but I'm curious about what brought you into that game.
0: There's a kind of two of these. My first one is at some point in my uh, preteen or early teen years, My aunt actually sat my sister and I down with um, either the original white box or the brown box. And we sat and we made characters and we played a little D&D. And that's all I remember about that. It's just a nebulous, I know it happened, we did it. And that was a thing. Years later, uh, during high school, my sister was playing with a group of friends that she knew. And I kept asking them, can I come out and play? Can I come out and play? Can I come out and play? And then finally one day they're like, yeah, you can come out and play. So I sat down and I made up a character and it was the classic killer DM who was uh, doing everything in his power to make life miserable for the characters running AD and D by the book with, you know, well, you didn't say you tapped that section of the wall when you were checking for traps. So you set it off you know everything all the classic <laughs> horror stories about old school dming but i finally got to sit down at the table and play with people and it was just like a rush yeah it's
1: it's funny how that even even though you know killer killer dm your character probably died a horrible death there's still something about that rush of that first
2: mm-hmm. time john what about you um so so my first time actually being invited in i was 14, 15, and I was working at a bookstore and people I, I had met through the bookstore, you know, just browsing in the D&D books, you start up a conversation, had invited me in, but they were like 19 or 20 and my parents were like, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not letting you go play with the with these, you know, people who are, you know, in college right now. That's not happening. So so that never happened. So it actually waited until I was in college and it it was just one of those things where like you find out like... That somebody else plays D and D, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you you want to run the game? All right, I can get you four people together. Let's go." So like, I tapped my roommate at the time. I got another friend of ours. Like every nerdy person we knew pulled into to this two <laughs> uh, e game that we played. That was ridiculous and fun, and, and kind of like Bob said, you know, the, the DM was a little antagonistic because that was kind of the style at the time. But we still had fun, like foiling his plans and then being foiled by his plans. Um, so, so I guess that's a pretty traditional, you know, way way to get you know invited in. You just have some nerdy friends and go, yeah, all right, well, let's do this other nerdy thing other than video games.
1: What about you, JT?
3: So, I, I guess I'm always always the guy inviting people in for a very long time because I was the game master. I was the guy with the books. You know, I would uh, I wanted to play the game, so I would be the one inviting people in. So, I, it it was probably wasn't until 2000 until I finally got my first invite to join a game. And by this time, I'd been gaming for, I don't know, 17, 18 years, something like that. And uh, it, it was just weird happenstance. I was working with this uh, fella named Bill, and uh, him and his wife had an anniversary, and they bought each other metal dice for their anniversary gift, because they were both gamers. And I'd been working with Bill for six or seven months and had no clue he was a gamer at all. And, and he apparently had no clue I was a gamer, it just never came up and i they exchanged their anniversary gifts at work for some odd reason, so I was like, "Oh cool, metal dice, you guys play d and d and the conversation kind of went from there, and Bill's wife said, "Hey, you want to join us at the game table. We're starting a new d and d three o The version just came out. We're starting a new d and d three o campaign you you want to join us." And the thing is, Bill was my team lead, and he was incredibly competent at doing the job that we were doing. So I was very intimidated by him, not just by his personality. He's actually a very open, friendly guy. It was just like, oh, this is the guy that's been teaching me how to do my job for the last like half year or so. Do I really want to sit around the game table and, and, you know, make Monty Python jokes with him? (laughs) And it, it probably took me three weeks before I finally got over myself and jumped into the game. And I've been great friends with everybody that was at that game table for the last, um, what, 19, almost 20 years now. It's been uh, a fantastic ride uh, with them. And I still game with Bill to this day. Uh, he's our role-playing game host. Uh, he, we, we, run, we play the games at his house. So, yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's awesome. How about you, Angela? What was your first invite to a game?
1: So, I had heard of d d in high school, but I was too shy to just randomly show up at the gaming club or anything like that. But my senior year of high school, we had this new kid start as a senior, which is unusual. So he was dealing with the, you know, suddenly has to spend his final year of school in a strange place. And he made friends with one of my friends, and she brought him to our lunch table. And he happened to see me reading, I want to say it was one of the Dragonlance books, because even though I didn't play DD, I, you know, it's a fantasy book. It's got that Larry Elmore iconic art on it. You know, it was like, so I'm reading it. And he's like, Oh, oh, are you into fantasy? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. And we got talking about that stuff. And he's like, Have you ever played DD? And I'm like, no. He's like, do you want to? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, well, okay, great. We game at my house uh, on on Saturday at this time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't drive yet. And he's like, that's that's fine. I'll show up and pick you up. I'm like, okay, great. So Saturday, I tell my parents that this is what I'm doing. And I was, I was a good kid. So there was no worries about any of that. And they're like, who is this kid? And I'm like, it's Tom. He's fine. You know, it'll be okay. Well, he showed up to pick me up on a motorcycle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So my dad's looking out the window and he's like, are you sure about this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally sure about this, dad. (laughs) So I basically put on his extra helmet, get on the back of his motorcycle and go to his house to play D&D. They handed me somebody else's character, which was a halfling rogue. And the adventure turned out to be a complete TPK with me being the last one killed because I hid under a pile (laughs) pile of corpses. (laughs) (laughs) And even though it was that typical 1980s murderous DM, it was still fantastic enough that I was hooked. Nice. I was absolutely hooked. So let's move on to our topic of discussion. Whether you're talking about bringing new people into the hobby by introducing them to role-playing games for the first time, or bringing somebody who already knows the hobby into your existing game group, Inviting new players can be a tricky subject. Luckily, you've got some gnomes here to offer some advice. So let's go to John first. (laughs) John, what are some of your tips about bringing a new person into the game?
2: So so I was actually really excited about this podcast, and and my time has been compressed, but I'm like, no, I have to jump on this one, because I actually just started a meetup group here in Columbus to do just that, to open it up and to bring people in. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah the one of the things i think is just being open and inviting and kind of offering channels of communication so people know what you know Every new player has a ton of questions, and the more you can answer for them, the more you can make them feel safe. And whatever your approaches or pitches, the better. You know, so if it's somebody who's completely new, you know, being like, "Hey, here's the ethos of this group. Here's what we're doing. I'm a very role playing heavy GM. Like, I will teach new rules. Like, when when I go put flyers up at local game stores, which is a good way to you know attract people, let them know." I make sure to mention those things so that the person who shows up and goes, oh, yeah, I'm into this, you know, Warhammer stuff, but I want to try D&D. Oh, this is what it's like, you know. Um, They they kind of get a sense for that. So I think communication is one of those key things you need to do when you're kind of making that pitch. But also reaching new people, which is a hard thing to do, you know. We have a couple of uh, Facebook groups and meetup events, you know, in, in Columbus because it's a fairly large city. And there is a ton of traffic in those of people saying, hey, I'm looking to play, you know. And then somebody goes, we've got an opening in our game. Why, why don't you come check it out? Or, you know, what what more likely happens is, hey, I've got an opening. I can take up to four people And 28 say, I want to play. I want to play. I want to <laughs> play. <it." laughs> you know, so, I mean, just making those and, and also making it not a... Um, Not a, hey, come sit down for the six-month commitment for this thing that you have no idea whether you like or not. Pete had the really great article about running your own, like, games on demand days. Mm -hmm. And so doing that sort of like, hey, we're running this one shot. It is just one game, and it's in something maybe like, you know, my, my next game I'm running like that is Marvel Heroics because... Everybody knows Marvel. Everybody likes Marvel. Like, you know, I'm going to grab people who would not necessarily be showing up when I'm talking about this like cursed straw D&D game that I'm I'm doing and they're like, "Uh what of uh, what?" Um okay, but wait, I can play young Captain America and that's awesome cuz I want to play the young Captain America from the the comics things where she's, you know, female and from the future. Like you're going to draw more people in if you do something that's recognizable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you find uh with the, the meetup group, do you get a lot of people who like have experience with gaming? They're just looking for new people to game with or brand new players who don't know what they're getting into?
2: So I have been running D&D at, at the first couple of meetup groups just because I'm, I'm keeping my hand in it and I'm working on a and d writing project. So I need to like, you know, keep myself like familiar with all, all those rules. So those games get people who are, oh, I haven't played D&D for 15 years, I wanted to come back to it and see what's going on. When I have thrown on or when somebody else has said, I'm running this Kangaroos Invade the World game and Fate Accelerated, more people show up who are like, I don't know what any of this is, but that sounded interesting. You know, so I, I think it's there are the new players, but I think a lot of them are coming from Critical Role and other streamers and stuff like oh. that right now. They're they're coming to try to join in the D and D games, but I think you're getting other people from outside the hobby or who aren't quite hobby adjacent when you open up the avenues and the kind of genres you're playing.
1: Gotcha, Bob. What are some of your thoughts on like pulling a pulling a a, a new player into like an existing game group
0: when you're trying to bring in the new people right out of the gate? A lot of what John said is great. All of it is great. I was just thinking while he was saying that, that when you're soliciting your game and trying to to get people interested in it, representation could be something that helps put them at ease for the situation that they're looking to get Mm -hmm. themselves into. So if you're looking at, you know, like a woman approaches and says, what's this all about? If you have a woman in your game who can speak to them and say, hey, yeah, I play with them and we do this, and it's great, and it's fun, and I think you might, you know, like it if you try it. Having a woman give that information could help put that other woman at ease to make it more uh, appealing to them, rather than just like, you know, Mm -hmm. is this a bunch of dudes, or, you know, what am I, you know, what am I getting myself into? So that would be, I think, something very helpful.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of women from years past who, like, They were curious about gaming, but they weren't going to put themselves in that position of having to go game with a bunch of male strangers that they've never met before because that can be dangerous and you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself out there.
0: And the classic terrible stereotype is a bunch of dudes sitting around in somebody's basement and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not what it is anymore, but there's still a lot of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like John said, Making sure that they know they they can be safe coming into this situation is really important. Yep, really important. JT, what are some of your thoughts on bringing in new players?
3: I, I like John's ideas for you know a meetup or a flyer at you know your local game shop, things of that nature. I've done that as well. My initial meeting with a new player, whether they're brand new to the hobby or just brand new to our group, is to get myself and maybe one or two of the other members of the existing group and meet at a neutral location, mm-hmm. coffee shop, um, library, uh, somewhere public, right? And that's both for my safety and their safety, because again, it's somebody that texted you or maybe you just had a phone call or something, right? You have no clue who they are. And honestly, they have no clue who you are. So meeting at a, um, and actually I like to meet at my local game shop because again they've got a a game room in the back that's free open to the public and generally quiet enough not always if there's a warhammer 40k tournament going on <laughs> it gets a little loud <laughs> but um you know generally it's a, a quiet enough to have a civil conversation and just sit down and chat with them and, and let them interview you so to speak right it, it's much more for, uh, or much less formal than an interview but just uh you know who are these people? Let's get to know each other. It's almost like a a, a speed dating or a first date kind of conversation <laughs> you know with the romantic element obviously removed. So so that's one of my favorite things to do is, is just a neutral location. I live in Colorado Springs. We're a huge military town. We have five or six military bases here in town. And a lot of folks rolling in and out of town as they get uh, reassigned or deployed or whatever. And one time I ran into a group of five or six uh, army guys out of Fort Carson, and they wanted to join a gaming group for the next six months because that's how long they were going to be in Colorado Springs. They just wanted a six-month game. And me and a buddy were starting up a new game, so just happenstance, good timing, so we met at a local bookstore. And turns out they seemed to be pretty nice guys until they showed up at my house and parked on my lawn. And I was like, guys, you, you're destroying my grass. You can't, you can't <laughs> do that. Come on, you know. And, uh, once I pointed out to them they couldn't do that, they, they were like, oh, sorry, sorry, you know. And, and so they just started parking where you're supposed to park, you know, on the street or driveway or whatever. Uh, so, so yeah, you can't cover all the bases is, is kind of the point I'm trying to make, but you can at least get to know them in a, a safe public uh, environment.
1: I think one of the things you mentioned earlier on was, you know, like having some of your other players show up to also meet this this person is, is good because it's, I think if you have an established game group, it's very important to make sure that any new player is going to be accepted by the rest of the game group. Oh, absolutely. I know a lot of people look at, like, there's, there's still this attitude that it's the GM's game. But I know like with my group, we trade off who's GMing. So it's like it's not the GM's group, it's everyone's group. Right. And we actually had a situation several years ago where one of the players decided to invite somebody into the game without making sure it was okay with everyone. Ooh. They kind of they kind of did it like you know, oh, hey, like in front of everyone. So everyone was aware this was happening, but in a situation where no one could protest without coming off like a dick. Sure. Um, And they were like, oh, so-and-so, you should join our regular gaming group. We can totally make you a character in Angie's campaign and in TJ's campaign, it'll be great. And I couldn't stand this person. Oh, no. (laughs) There was no way I was going to run this person in my regular group. And so it was like, You don't, you don't, you don't do that. You need to, you need to check with the group Mm -hmm. before you invite new people in.
3: Absolutely. And also on the point of bringing, you know, have a side conversation with your group. Hey, I found a new player, new player found me, whatever. Is it okay if we do a conversation about uh, having them join us? And if everybody's on board, don't invite your entire group for like the group interview, because that's going to be overwhelming (laughs) to the new person. Meeting, you know, four to eight new people all at once. Just, just grab two, you know, one or two. And to Bob's point, if the uh, new person is of a particular, you know, subgroup of society, try to find a, a representative within your group that, that, you know, meshes with that or matches with that and bring them along. So so there's uh, more common ground to be had at the, uh, the, the meet and greet. Yeah.
2: You know, even if you can't do that, you know, it's kind, it's sure. kind of, you know, Great to be able to say, like, yes, we are a diverse group and we are open and friendly. See how many people have, sh- you know, shown up to this group. You know, even if that's sort of the the thing, recognizing where for somebody it might be uncomfortable being the only black person at the table or the only woman at the table and being like, all right, so we're we're very friendly. We're very open. Any issues anybody has, not, you know, you're not directing it at, at that person, but you're saying in general, any issues anybody has for anything, like, just bring, bring them up. We're, we'll talk about it. Let me know as the GM, you know, if something is, is, you know, working great and we'll see what we can do to address it. And just being open to that and making sure people know there is an avenue of something's making them uncomfortable can help mitigate some, some of that, you know, I'm the outsider, you know, sense here, even if that's not felt by the group, it's, you know, we're still bound by society's, you know, kind of constrictions. So it's good to try to, you know, just be open and say, any issues?
0: Yeah, right out of the gate, let them know that you have a safe space. That table is a safe space and if something is uncomfortable or whatever, definitely bring it up and we will discuss and 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 handle it in a, you know, safe, respectful manner. Absolutely.
1: I think also doing a doing a check-in with them, you know, after the game, one-on-one, how did it go? What did you like? It definitely. that might provide them the, the opportunity to basically, you know, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, what may, you know, like, it's always weird when you invite somebody into a game and then they never come back. Right. What happened? You know, doing that one-on-one check-in afterwards could let you know what really, you know, is there one, per you know, another person at that table that really made them uncomfortable that you're not picking up on because you're not tuned in to that type of thing, yeah. you know. I've I've seen that happen with you know a woman trying to join a particular game where there's one guy there that's really hitting off her creepo meter, but none of the guys are picking up on it because it's not something they're aware of.
2: Well, they're also maybe not the target of the creepo meter. Yeah, yeah, they're right. not the
1: target. They're not necessarily picking up on that behavior being as problematic as it is. And, like, that can, you know, open you up to realize why, you know, maybe this is why you can't get any, you know, new people into the group that stick around.
0: Especially if it's a long-established group that's been playing together for a, Mm -hmm. for a, a good long time. It's very easy to grow blind spots with the people that you're playing with and not realize that, oh, something that they're doing could be making this other person uncomfortable and right. you 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 have to be extra vigilant when you have that new person there to read the table and try and understand what's going on there just to make sure everything's cool.
1: Any other tips? Any other last minute tips as we start to wrap this up on on bringing a new person into the table. Why don't we go around the group and just give one quick tip? JT, we'll start with you.
3: All right, so once you got him at the table, uh, I tend to tell people Bring your imagination, maybe paper, maybe a pencil. Don't worry about anything else. I got you covered. And I uh, Chessex has a product called a pound of dice, which is literally a pound of dice, right? Just a <laughs> pound of random dice. I, I think I have three on hand right now, in and in they're each in their own dice bag. And I will loan that pound of dice to them for a session. If they show back up for session number two, I give them that pound of dice. <laughs> it does hit the, the the bank account a little bit. I, I think between the dice bag and the dice, it's a $35 investment, right? But if they're committed to the game, it, it's almost like a housewarming party yeah. or housewarming gift, right? And, and that goes a long way just to say, hey, you are welcome in this group. You're welcome into the gaming community as a whole. Here you go. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have dice. I don't have time to go buy a dice. Maybe I'm going to order some off Amazon, but I don't know what colors I'm going to get. And I'm really – people get verklempt about <laughs> buying dice. So I, I, I break the ice there by just saying, here's a pound of dice. Go have fun.
1: <laughs> and, and because dice is – you know having dice is so addicting, you've, you've already created <laughs> the connection to keeping going with this hobby.
3: Yes, first taste is free. Yep, first taste is free, yep.
2: (laughs) I I can't get them all to
0: match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Bob, what about you?
0: Listen, when you've got a new person at the table, make sure that when they speak, you listen so that they know that their input is being heard. Because there's nothing worse than sitting at a table with a bunch of people that have been playing together for a long time and you're trying to talk and they're all just doing their thing and going back and forth and you get drowned out. So make sure you listen.
1: Yeah, and the in jokes. Be careful of the yeah. in jokes because yes. you know your group's going to have them, and you don't want to leave that new person too far behind.
2: I'm Brian, and so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> to, to pull out the Monty Python in right, a way right. that nobody but yep. you know, unless you were involved in that one scene at that one game that I was involved in, would get. <laughs>
1: with, with my group, it's and the monkey will kill
2: you. <laughs> It's like, that'll
1: break us all up, and new people are like, what is wrong with you people? John, what about you?
2: So if, if you're a player in a group with a new player, work on engaging them and bringing them in. Because I've seen this happen in a couple of games, and, and I've actually started playing more vibrant characters, so I can be like, hey, Granny, we should go uh, uh, hit the town. Let's go see if we can uh, steal some stuff from people and bring it back. And then, you know, that, that quiet, shy new player is like, Oh, oh, you know, they, they haven't quite found their voice. So like, oh, oh, dearie, I think that would be wonderful. Let's go roll some rooms. Damn straight, Granny, let's go roll some <laughs> rooms. You know, but like, they didn't have a chance to pull that out until. You know, you, a more established player, jumped in, had more space in the conversation, and like opened that door up for them to be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, my granny's going to go kill some people and steal their money. That's what we do. But, you know, they, they haven't had a chance to do that. So just, you know, watch as much as you play when there's a new player because you really can open up that pathway for them to come in. You just have to direct yourself a little bit to do it you know play, play cleric on the new player you know give them the
1: buff baby <laughs> i like that i think that's good i think that's good so let's uh let's wrap this up this show is funded by the gnome Stew patreon you too can become a patreon backer by following the patreon link on the gnome Stew website to the gnome Stew patreon this ad is brought to you by gps No, not the thing that gets you from point A to point B, but the gamer probability sensor. Install this app on your phone, hold it up to the presence of someone you think might be amenable to your nerdy pursuits in role-playing games, and it'll give you a percentage probability of their interest. No more asking people about RPGs and getting just a blank stare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You write the best fake ads. (laughs) Yes, you do, man.
1: If you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably, like many of the other Misdirected Mark shows, here's one to check out.
0: Down with D&D. Chris and the mad wizard Sean Merwin dish about everything D&D with a focus on the brand and the newest edition of the world's most popular tabletop RPG.
1: You can find all of us at GnomeStew.com, at GnomeStew on Twitter, and GnomeStew on Facebook. Gnomes, where else can we find you on the internet? Let's start with Bob.
0: I am at Robert M. Everson on Twitter, Facebook, eh, yeah, whatever. Uh... <laughs> And uh, that's really the most important thing. Otherwise, I lurk behind the scenes.
3: JT. All right. uh, One-stop shop for me, jtevans.net. If you want to find me on social media, look at the top of every page, and you'll find all the nifty
2: little icons for where I hang out.
1: Awesome. John.
2: I can be found wherever good John Arcadians are bartered or sold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just just look it up. It's a unique name. It's, yes,
3: it's it gonna is. come up
2: with me, except for, for my YouTube the doll one, the <laughs> one guy, Yeah, yeah. That, that one person. Yeah. One guy, what guy. about you, Angela? Where can we find you other than being the new co-head dome and constantly trying to assassinate me when, when we have our weekly meetings? <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's I just I gotta try. It, it was uh, in
2: the can... job requirements.
1: <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Orikez13 and I'm playing with Instagram? I think I'm also Orikez13 on Instagram. But on Instagram is mostly just pictures of my
0: cats. Awesome. I'm down. That's what it's for, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. I really wanted to name my Instagram the Brothers Odinson and the Ginger Three, but that's really too long. Yeah, long. So... <laughs> Anyway, so did we avoid the stew this week? I'm going to say yes. I think yes. so. Are you going to outvote me, John?
2: Uh, no, no. I'll I'll it. Angela saved your asses this week. <laughs>
3: Woohoo!
2: <laughs> One more week, not the stew.
3: <laughs>
0: Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. And the newest and. Blah, Misdirected Mark word scramble.